Aloha, and welcome to the show. The 692nd Podcast is a platform for developing and connecting with our airmen across the island and those now serving on the mainland. Tune in for episodes where we talk all things leadership and personal development while getting a glimpse into the lives of the people moving our missions forward. I'm your host, Master and Derek Addison, and this is the 692nd Podcast. So welcome. This is Mass Sergeant Derek Addison, and I'm here with Tech Sergeant Randy Kelso. Sergeant Kelso, please uh, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do for the group, and uh, maybe why you're here, if you know. So uh, Sergeant Randy Kelso, um, I work at the 8th IS, and right now I am in the CCX, so I kind of support the uh, Commander's Action Group. What I do is uh, I handle... Taskers, which people love, MCT, which people really love, and uh, I also work with the awards program and pretty much anything else that kind of comes that way. So where I'm from, I'm originally from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, maybe you've heard of it, uh, and I'm also obviously here stationed, like I said, in the 8th. So you work in CCX. That's kind of a new... It's- Let's go with that's kind of a niche position in the 8th IS. Uh, that's what's Commander's Special Plans and Programs? Yeah, so official duty title would be NCOIC Strategic Plans and Programs. And is that normal for a squadron to have? So my knowledge, not really. I think, uh, so if you know Colonel No, uh, something mm-hmm. that he kind of threw together. Um, so uh, Mass Sergeant Newton, Mass Sergeant Rowe, Sergeant Cabalas, they all worked in that uh newly stood up section so to speak so who else is in ccx with you nobody else <laughs> so you, you took on the role of two master sergeants and another tech sergeant on your own yes okay was there so i'm kind of curious did they did they have more work to do under under colonel no or are you just running around like a chicken with your head cut off no, there's a lot of work, so I can see why they, you know, made the group. But um, I think they were also spread to a lot of different projects that were going on at the same time too. You know, so Sergeant Cabalas kind of slipped into that um, front desk role, right. which obviously is very high vis and, mm-hmm. and busy. And then um, Sergeant Newton and Sergeant Rowe also were kind of rolling out Colonel No's strategic plan, and then as we know, the AETs were getting stood up, so. I can definitely see how the workload could be split to a lot of different things. Yeah. Like op side, more admin side, and, and how those – they were all very busy. Yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, you said you take over – you took over the MCT, so the USAPM. Yep. Okay. So you are getting ready for an inspection or the wing inspection team that's coming out here or virtual? It's virtual. It's yeah. virtual right now, right? Yes. Okay. 16 Feb. I think they're 16 (laughs) Feb. It's good. It's good now. With MCT, how many programs do you have to deal with? So that uh, is kind of become almost a living thing, which I'm not, you know, it's not the best thing, but we're finding out over time, you know, COVID changed a lot of things. And then people having different programs that might have dissolved because no longer needed or uh, programs that might have died out and then resurfaced. So 
I, daily, I'm finding out whether or not something is still pertinent to the eighth, or yeah. if it's not, or to the group. Is it managed at the group level? So, um, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you an exact number. Yeah, but that's fine. It's a it's a few. You yeah, know? yeah. Obviously, if you start thinking about them, there's quite a bit. Right, and each, I guess, each program. I th- I think I, I want to let's say there's 20 programs. Each one of those programs has multiple different aspects to it. So uh, the f- one off the top of my head that the eighth doesn't have to deal with is the, um, I think it's, it's a seven ninety second one, the QA program. They've got specifically, it's it's one QA program, but they've got seven different things that they're responsible for, you know, um, throughout the squadron. Yep. So it's it may be one program, but there's a lot of aspects to it. And I'm I'm certain that the eighth IS has something like that or similar, where it may be one program, but it's got you know a multitude of kind of sub programs or subcategories oh, yeah. that uh that you have to keep track of as well or you know the program the program managers should be ch- keeping track of which also means you have to keep track of yes so not that you are babysitting but no no it's it's not like th- so and again you know things kind of people aren't in the building as often you know and, and people PCS so uh we've right. had a lot of changeover so some folks are just not familiar with it or hey surprise your program didn't have a checklist, but now there's one in MCT. Right. Oh, you've never done MCT before. Well, you know, I'm kind of new to it too. Let's yeah. figure it out together. So it's been, it's been interesting. But yeah. There is, there is a 20 is a good guess, actually. I'd say. Yeah. For, for baseline. So are you OCD or in or anything like that? Are you a perfectionist? No. Uh, so if you if you want to do the color lenses, I'm 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 an orange. I'm not a gold. Okay. Gold is my lowest score. Uh, so uh, organized chaos, but I think this job has forced me to use my calendar, use my email, and but I'm I'm very personal, so I'll I will try to go find people. I will go up and talk to them and say like, hey, let me sit down, pull my notebook out. Right. Where are we at? Um, that's easier for me to check a box than it is for me to have everything lined up. However, Taskers also brought that organization yes. tool out of me, so. I think I'm becoming more OCD, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have to. Yeah, the uh, the person up at the group uh, who took over or who was uh, the, I guess, the commander, you know, the group side of the USAPM was Master Sergeant uh, Langford, and she was very particular about verbiage and things like that. Uh, and you would call her OCD maybe if you didn't uh, if you didn't know her. She has a little OCD, I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> So yeah. she almost kind of epitomize that position mm-hmm. so whenever i think of anyone in the usap position i always think of like her and 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 she knows me well enough to, she, she knows that i'm not gonna i'm not you know speaking mean or anything like that but the the neuroticism that came with that that she had to have or force upon that program as yeah. you know at the group level so yeah because you have let's say you have 20 programs but that means the 392nd will also have 20 programs. The 792nd would have 20 programs. The 324th has 20 programs. The group, the group but staff. That's not always the case. 20, yeah, that's 20 programs. Exactly. Like that, that number can go up. It could go down. Right. Um, but she had to herd all of the cats that were just you know going everywhere. Uh, so I, I think that maybe a little OCD is not bad. No. Especially in your position. So I could definitely take that feedback. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going into this inspection with high hopes and a lot of learning. Uh, yeah. So 
Sergeant Barreto and Sergeant Bonin are, yeah. are working that sapum from the group now. Right. And I talk to them daily. I'm sure they're, well, they, they say they're not getting tired of me. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to keep doing it. But yeah, I know, I know that they also have delivered stuff to me. So I can just kind of copy paste those uh, right. verbatim statements and give them out to everybody else, make everybody's lives easier. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, I heard recently that you had a random visitor to your house. Oh, God. All Can right. You, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, this, is a, this is an interesting situation. So actually, the, the times I've told this story, I find out that more people have some kind of connection or interaction with this situation. Um, so let's just say uh, I got a knock on my door probably last Saturday. Saturday prior to this last Saturday, and uh, didn't know who it was, wasn't expecting anybody, and I was on the phone with a friend at the time, and uh, just me and Kita, my dog, mm-hmm. at home, uh, she's a German Shepherd, and we go to the door, I answer the door, don't know this person, she's trying to come out, so I close the door, and I'm like, hey, what's up? Uh, says, hey, I'm lost, um, I was just kind of walking around, and I need to tell my ride where I'm at, so I'm like, okay, uh, let me help you out here. And uh, he's like, yeah, can you tell my girl? And he hands me his phone, and it says baby mama on the phone. And I'm like, okay. that's <laughs> Classic. Right? So I'm looking at his phone, and I'm giving her instructions to where the pearl side is and stuff. And I'm looking at him, and I'm seeing you know spider web tattoo on the hand and neck tattoo. And I'm starting to think, and he's kind of being twitchy. This guy's not military mm-hmm. or doesn't look like he's military. And I finished giving instructions, and kind of alarm bells are going off at this point. I hand the phone back, and uh, he says, thank you. He reached his hand. I says, my name's Brandon. I shake his hand, and, and I'm like, well, good luck. You can wait out here. Um, hope your ride finds you. And I go back inside, and my friend who was on the phone with me still at the time says, uh, hey, you should call the cops. <laughs> I was like, really? She's like, yeah, something's off. So. Yeah. I, uh, so she could hear this through the phone as yeah, well. Yeah, so she's also helping me yeah. uh, give this person directions. But um, So I ended up calling the um, calling the cops, mm-hmm. and uh, they say, uh, give us a description. And so I, you know, I turned that uh, FMV uh, IMS hat on real quick, and I was like, start giving the full description of this guy. And uh, they're like, well, that matches suspect number one. And I'm like, what? And then they start relaying all this information. They're like, sir, please, you know, be safe in your house. Try to keep an eye on him, see which direction he goes and things like that. Um, I ended up giving this guy a bottle of water, too, before I knew that. I forgot. Yeah. He knocked on the door again, and I, you know, refreshed him. <laughs> that's good. But, yeah, of course. Well, I'll tell you why that's <laughs> bad later. But uh, so I go upstairs, and I'm because I didn't want to be at the door anymore. My dog's down there. She's watching him. Mm-hmm. I'm looking out the bathroom. And the only way I could see him was off, like, the reflection of my Jeep window. So they're saying, hey, cops will be there soon. Uh, they're on foot, no lights, no sirens. They see this guy. He changes his shirt. He takes his shirt off. He was wearing a backpack at the time. He okay. changes his shirt, pulls it out of his backpack, puts, it, puts on a different shirt. They say, hey, the guy is wearing a green shirt now. They're like, okay. And they relay that to the cops, too. Soon, I see a couple minutes go by. Uh they're, you know, got the flashlights and they're walking down the sidewalk and the guy starts banging on the door again. Now, at this point, I know, you know, this is not a good, not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, cops I- intersect and they, uh, they're yelling at each other. He looks like he's trying to bolt. They put him on the ground. Uh, at this point, I came downstairs because it was exciting. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
he's he's kind of yelling, saying I didn't do nothing. They ended up having to tase him because he was fighting back. Uh, so they tased him. At this point, uh, I walked out back because I know my neighbor, Al, that's beside me, sits out back and likes to have a cigarette. And so yeah. I was like, Al, you got to come out front. It's going down. <laughs> so he comes out, and he's like, what? He puts the cigarette out, goes out front. And uh, they taking this guy, they cuff him up, put him in the back of the cop car, right? And uh, my dog is like, she's loving it. She's yeah. ready for the action. And they knock on my door. I open it, and they're asking me questions. Hey, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. You gave a description. You said he had a backpack. I said, well, yeah, he did have a backpack. I didn't see him do anything with it, though. And they're like, oh, well, uh, can we look around? I said, yeah. So they open up the side gate where the uh, trash cans are, and they hit something immediately. And I was like, well, that's unusual. They pull there. Here's the backpack. And my mm-hmm. neighbor's like, that's not his backpack. I'm like, okay, I'll calm down. <laughs> And uh, so they end up opening this backpack up. They're putting the gloves on and everything like you see out of like a CSI type right. movie, right? And I'm, you know, adrenaline's pumping. And uh, they're pulling out, they pull out meth. They pull out scales, measuring scales, loose cash. And then they say, Sarge, we got a gun. Yeah. And they pull this, they pull a pistol out. And uh, this guy was a, was a drug dealer. We find out later, I didn't know anything at this point. I had ran the gate uh, in, a, in a white sedan, mm-hmm. ran the gate, ditched the car, was running from the cops for a good half hour. I gave him a bottle of water. <laughs> but well, that's fine. So, so and Chief, uh, Chief Master Netadoc's husband, actually, when I told her the story the next day, she said the car flew by him and the cops were going the, the wrong way. And yeah. she, he had to wave one of the cops down to redirect them to where he was going. He said he was going back Pearlside. Uh, so this guy had been on the run for a while. And uh, all the cops that showed up were, were very relieved to uh to Where did he ditch guy. the car at? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, like I said, it was like 8 p.m. on a Saturday, and I was just home relaxing. Because I think on Sunday morning, I passed by a white sedan on the Pearlside that was just kind of, it looked like it was parked by like maybe a student driver huh. or someone who was in a rush. Yeah. So see, the more times I tell this right? story, yeah. everybody starts to think that somebody said I saw a car with all the doors open at the shop at. I was like, okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was his ride. I'm not sure, but it looked like it was a stolen rental. Um, it's best of oh, my no, knowledge. Oh no, this was an older vehicle. So yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so Brandon, the meth dealer, uh, was tased and arrested on my front door. Um, and With a gun. With a gun, that's, yeah. That's, uh, Fortunately, it was in his backpack. Yeah, that's good that you called the cops then. So, and yeah. whoever was on the phone with you. I was uh, I'm gl- um, glad Megan she Ellis, heard. yeah. She heard it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad she uh, also felt uncomfortable with the conversation that was going on. So... So you mentioned FMV and IMS. Oh, yeah. My bad. It's okay. <laughs> so you're an FMV, which is full motion video right. analyst, and IMS is an imagery mission supervisor. Correct. Or formerly known as, I'm, I'm not sure what we're, what we're calling things nowadays, because like you said, the AET structure kind of- That still exists. Okay. Yeah. Everything we had you know, back when I was an instructor at Goodfellow for the FTU is all gone. Well, it's all up in the air, whether we're gonna, it's going to fall back down or not. Hmm. So- what? Uh, how long have you been a FMV analyst? Have you been? Have you always been an 
uh, an imagery analyst, uh, a one-in-one, um, and if not, what were your other jobs? So, yeah, this was my first base, and I, I was here at March 2010 mm-hmm. as an MG analyst. I've always been a one-in-one. Okay. Um, and I started off in uh, high altitude working, um, you know, the standard mission decks with yep. that. And then I, it used to be like a rite of passage. After you've done this long enough, then you can do this. So okay. I did that for a good minute, and then I transitioned into being a uh, you know, an IA mm-hmm. uh, imagery analyst for the, the kind of your eyes on watching the feed right? Uh, for FMV. After a while with that, you know, you progress into the screener role, mm-hmm. which is more hands-on talking to people and right. whatnot. And uh, so I did that my whole first tour here. I didn't make IMS here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 2014, I went to Beale. Showed them my stuff, and then that's where I progressed into that uh, imagery mission supervisor role. Yeah, which later on I I liked it so much I ended up working in the training shop most of the time, and I ended up working uh, the supervisory boards. So okay, assessing and evaluating future IMSs um, as to whether or not they'd be a good fit. I did that for a long time, and uh, some people probably hate me for this, but. We showcased it to uh, the wing when they came and visited, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. So they made uh, me write a bullet background paper on it and then pushed it to all the squadrons. So so that's why all the other DGSs have supervisory boards. It's so, kind of my fault. We call them verification boards now, right? Right. So uh, we before Ephysra took over in 2007, we did have something similar to verification boards. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't a formalized event because each DGS, obviously before the standardization, they all had their own kind of ideas of what made a qualified and certified operator or you know imagery mission supervisor or whatever. So we did have something similar, it just wasn't codified. So, uh, but that's not always a bad thing, right? Like putting right, things right. down on paper uh, and no, he believed in and it and making standardization yeah. is is not a bad thing. Uh, Aphisra went overboard with it and tried to do everything standardized across the board, which doesn't always, which doesn't work. Was that at one? Were you at one when you had that? No, I did. Uh, I was at three. Three, because I heard that there were two other DJs, and I think it was three and one that had something like that, a base yeah. model. Yeah, we had one because I, when I became a, at the time it was known as CSS, the Conventional System Supervisor. Uh, that's in charge of the conventional systems operator voice and con- conventional systems operator Morse positions. Okay. So you got the voice and the Morse, and then you've got the supervisory position that's above them. Um, in order to do that position, you had to pretty much pass a board of the lead voice ops, the lead Morse ops, and the lead CSS uh, to get to that position. So, And you also had to be recognized and recommended by the ops soup and all that other stuff. It was so. it was a real progression. It was a badge was. of honor. Yeah, it was. And, and you I had think to be an some NCO. people still feel that way. Yeah. Well, so you you had to be an NCO at the time. Um, I was a senior airman without a line number, so the ops soup said that I had to qualify in Morse because I was already a voice op, obviously as a Korean linguist. Um, but he said that you had to qualify in Morse as well, and then after you pass Morse, then we'll. We'll look at you for the CSS position. So it's a challenge, challenge accepted, right? Kind of, yes. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bob Fraley. Now he was senior master and Robert Fraley at the time. 
Uh, but yeah, Mr. Bob Fraley, he knows that I both love, respect, and uh, a little hate, actually. So I guess there's three aspects in there. But he was a kind of a no-nonsense type op soup that I really didn't understand at the time. I appreciate now as a senior NCO. So are you eligible for Master Sergeant? I am. Is this yeah. your first year, second year? This is my second year. Okay. Yeah, first year that I was eligible was the year that they did not have testing. So okay, this is my I was you know kind of tossing to the board score and what it means and right all of that and so I'm, it's a learning progress for me. But this is my second time up and you know fingers crossed like yeah. anybody else. Do you think you're ready to be a senior NCO? I do. Okay. Um, I'd say the last couple of months in this job have definitely made me feel a lot more comfort uh, confident for that. Yeah. Um, but I'd say my first year as tech, I was still feeling it out, still figuring things out. But um, I'd say right now, with the amount of coordination that I get to do with so many, uh, you know, flight leaders and deputy flight chiefs, and and you know, working with the commanders action group, well, that's kind of myself, I guess. But yeah. working in that aspect before those those people PCS'd, um, I feel like I can, you know, definitely handle that here. Yeah. Do you think in your current position, uh, if you make Master Sergeant, do you think you're going to be missing out on certain aspects, not being – I'm assuming right now you're not a supervisor? No. uh, That's one thing that the job does lack is Mm -hmm. that there are no troops. Right. And there are – you're kind of – you're checking yourself, really. Right. um, Which is a tech sergeant you would hope that anyone can do. Right. Uh, Obviously, we know that's not the – the case in all aspects, right? We are uh, a gaggle of professionals, but we're also a gaggle of people. So um, not everyone can be excellent in all they do all the time. So do you think that you're going to miss that aspect of being a supervisor? I mean, obviously, as a master, you can still be a supervisor, but you more than likely will not have airmen anymore. You will have staffs and techs underneath you. So... I mean, I never really felt like I missed that per rank. I always felt, even as a tech, you know, supervising staffs, I never really felt like I messed, uh, missed that because I just always would still talk and, and work with and mentor airmen. Right. So for me, just because I don't have the title over them it hasn't changed how I would, you know, treat or interact anybody that were happened to be in my section or outside my section. Yeah. So I've always been somebody that, just wanted to support everybody else, you know. Yeah, it's good. Well, officially, you know, that's different. Different, right? Yeah. Y- you know, you can always still help people, but absolutely. absolutely. So for me, if I make master, I think I'm going to still continue the path that I'm down and, and still help people, regardless of level of rank or title. Do you read any nonfiction books or anything like that? Yeah. Do you do you read like business books? Do you read self improvement? <sighs> I read a lot of everything. Okay. Um, it just depends on, I guess, kind of the mindset that I'm in at the time. So um, I've read, you know, history books, factual history books. And honestly, a lot of my readings are based around my college. So okay. um, since I, I just took a German class, which has been <laughs> interesting, I just finished it. Um, so trying to read stuff in German was a challenge. Tried to pick up a little, like, starter book like a kid's book (laughs) i couldn't even do that so i was like i need to finish this class first but 
Um, I'd say most of my time. Uh, what was the last book I read? I really like. Um, I like uh, David Eddings. I like. Um, what's it? Gosh, um, on a pale horse. I can't remember the author's name, but uh, it's kind of a fictional book. Okay. In regards to you know like. I mean, I've got Google right here. Too. Heaven and Hell. Yeah, I can't remember the author's name, but it's like purgatory is a place for people to have a job as like the Grim Reaper. The death has a job, and he weighs souls, and he decides who goes to hell or heaven based on, uh, you know, their imbalance and who they are as a person. So that's just one example. Okay. And those books, that series is pretty good. I really dig that. By Pierce Anthony. That's right. <laughs> Book Pierce focuses Anthony. on Zane, a photographer about to commit suicide who instead kills death and must assume his office. Yes. Those books Interesting. are good. I'm still reading. I think I'm on the last one, which is uh, Mother Nature. So you like reading books, let's say fiction, fiction books, where there's a kind of a twist to the story that most people don't think about. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say maybe people that like Dean Koontz. Yeah. Um, or I dabble in the audio books with uh, Stephen King. I, I went through uh, The Talisman mm-hmm. and uh, the Mr. Mercedes series was awesome. That crime thriller, like uh, murder mystery type stuff. Yeah. I like food and like books, I'm just... I like a lot of things. Yeah. I don't have one genre. I could read sci-fi. Ready Player One was awesome. Yeah. And then I could turn around and read a book about war. Like, it, I'm... They're the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just... I like things. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's good to have a, maybe let's say, well-rounded uh, interest in my mind. You should always find something new that maybe you weren't interested in and try to figure out what is interesting about it. Um, at least recently, I've been doing a lot of... I say recently, I've been working on myself for going on 10 years now, but 10 years, huh? It's, it's, <laughs> I'm still a work in progress, I promise you. Um, there's a lot to fix, I'm not going to lie. So I've always, obviously in my mind, um, I like what I like, and if you if you like the same thing, cool. If not, I don't care, right? But yeah. I'm, I try to, I feel like relationships are built better if you say uh that you like novels by pierce anthony it's like okay so i'll i'll read a pierce anthony novel and see like how the writing is and things like that the storyline um and i also like shows or books or uh i don't read a lot of fiction i i don't i i have way too much you know content that i'm that i'm taking in via podcasts uh some of them are fictional majority of them are like history or like stuff you should know or stuff you missed in history class um malcolm gladwell's revisionist history i guess i got a lot of history in there but um uh so i I listen to a lot of podcasts and i read a lot of books majority of them are self-improvement or um not really self-improvement more on self-reflection type stuff uh leadership management things like that obviously whenever i when i became a tech sergeant and I started having a, a bigger role in leading at Goodfellow. I wanted to make sure that I was kind of taking in different aspects of leadership. Uh, and then, of course, after after NCOA, I got a little bit more into that. 
uh, because NCOA was a really good experience for me. I may not, you know, I've never read a Pierce Anthony novel. I've never heard of On a Pale Horse, but it kind of sounds like uh, Ghost Rider in my mind. Where <laughs> like TV show? Yeah, or the uh, the movie with Nicolas oh. Cage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought they had a Ghost Rider TV show too. I think they it do. It was weird, kind of scary as a kid. But, it's possible. Yeah. Maybe I think it's Space <laughs> Ghost. No. So that's also yeah. a cartoon. So uh, <laughs> in my mind, like uh, first thing I, you know, after I said, you know, Zane, who's a photographer who killed killed death and had to take a spot, I thought of Ghost Rider, where he is now, you know, the he does the work of the devil. I I, I'm, I can't say he's the messenger or anything like that. Yeah, I don't really know what his recommending role is. that book I've found is it, to people that are religious usually kind of shy away from it. Oh, but, uh, I'm not. So it's, we're good. Yeah. It, well, it's totally just. It's all again. It's fictional. Yeah. So, you know. It's you could be. It's just a. It's a yeah. good story. Do you watch uh, a lot of TV shows? Yeah, of course. What what type of TV shows do you like? So I mean, I got the Baby Yoda on the back of my Jeep. I gotta. I give a shout out to Mandalorian, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, then I also just finished Truth Seeker, which is uh, with the guys from Shaun of the Dead. And I always forget their name. Nick Frost, I think, is one of the guys' names. And I can't remember the other. Simon Pegg? Yep. Yeah. Dang. Uh, that TV show was pretty good. Uh, Truth that was, Seekers. It's basically a guy who's, uh, he believes that there's, you know, supernatural, right? He, there's supernaturals out there. And so he kind of like, goes out and tries to do a ghost hunter type thing yeah. but it's you know if you know those guys and you know Shaun of the Dead it's also got that comedy side yes. to it so I love their stuff and I just finished that and I thought that was a good show do you believe in ghosts you you'd be surprised by this so I'm from Gettysburg right right where it's haunted apparently yes. you know as as all get out but and I watch a lot of that stuff and I read a lot of books on it but I mean I don't know I have uh, yeah, that's a deep question. <laughs> I mean, I, what I'm saying is, uh, you'd be surprised that I didn't just go, yeah, I love ghosts. Ghosts are great, but I'm skeptical. I've always been a bit of a skeptic, a bit of a realist, and so I think that there's there's stuff I don't know. Right. Um, sure, maybe there are, but uh, I also messed with people in Gettysburg, so you know, me and my friends would borrow reenactment clothes and walk around with a lantern during ghost tours, like ghost walks. And mess with people by the haunted bridges and stuff. So I'm pretty sure I'm a lot of people's ghost sightings as well. Interesting. I don't kind know. of a jerk move. It is, but you know what? We were teenagers. Oh, and no, we had, I, I did we horrible had reenactment things clothes. I mean, tell me you wouldn't at least try that. I definitely would. That. I'm was, also like I said though. I, I'm a work in progress. Like I said, there's a lot of things <laughs> I need to fix. So things like that. I think. Uh, do you watch the TV show Lucifer? It's been recommended. It's yeah. you know I know it's one of those top shows. I haven't uh, I haven't gotten into it yet. But so I like I should I liked Lucifer because it does the same type of kind of slight twist on things. Um, and again, uh, I'm not religious, so I, I don't know how how much of it's actual uh, fiction versus what's you know pulled from religious texts or something to that effect. Uh, but just the premise of Lucifer being, you know, the devil, who is not bad in any way, shape, or form. He 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 has a job to do. He has to run hell, right? And he gets really angry, you know, 
throughout throughout the TV show when people are like, well, you know, the devil gets angry. Yeah, he's like, the devil <laughs> made me do it. He's like, no, 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 that was all you. Like, I'm uh, just, I'm just here to make you repent for your sins and all this other stuff, uh, you know, and make you suffer for eternity because of your own grief or whatever like that. So he's like, I didn't make you do anything. Like, that was all you. You're uh, the free will so it's guy. It's all about free will, free yeah, choice. Exactly. Yeah. So, but he's like, a lot of people take my name in vain. Like I did something. It's like it's not this. So it was just kind of funny. It's a different um, spin. Exactly. It's it's a it's a little different. Uh, maybe thought process on it. Okay. So you don't know if ghosts exist. You're open to the notion. I mean, does someone? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess know. there are people. You know, I'm not a median, so I. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be cool, you know, to have well, you know, grandpa moseying around. I don't know if that'd be a good thing. Maybe actually. not. Yeah. <laughs> but I. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I think that there's, there's possibilities. Yeah. I haven't had that level of interaction. Right. Uh, especially, you know, where I'm from, we're supposed to be a lot of ghosts, but I, there are people that I know mm-hmm. that have, that I trust and respect, which makes me not be completely one-sided. Right. Like ghosts are fake, you know? So. So what about aliens? Oh gosh, really? <laughs> you're really cranking believe, that knob up, do you, huh? Do you believe in aliens? I mean, why? Why not? There's in the mystery of it all, right? Okay, I'll say this: my father watches. My dad is uh, Micah Johns uh, <laughs> 2.0. He's uh, he believes in Sasquatch. He uh, he believes in in UFOs and all that stuff. He's he's definitely that kind of guy. But you know, it's my father, and I'll you know love and respect him so i don't think he's crazy but i also i will entertain it and i will watch a ufo show with my dad and he's like look these are guys in the air force these are fighter pilots talking about this weird thing they saw on the sky and i'm like i know right <laughs> so so yeah, have, have you ever not? been in a jet but, have i have no. you ever ridden in a jet no i haven't so has your father i don't think so okay so I- well he's he, he's flown uh like He's trying to get his, uh, you know, his piloting license, but okay. not in a in a jet. So I rode in a an F sixteen when I was a senior airman, um, and I will tell you that obviously, like, it's a morale flight. So they take you up there and they put you through paces that you should not, like, especially a twenty one year old boy should not have to deal with, um, who's never been through altitude chambers and everything like that. Like, I, I had no training for this, right? It was just a morale flight, and. I will say that through maybe the seventh, uh, I don't know what they're, the barrel roll or whatever, I saw things too. Yeah. So it's called, it's called hypoxia. It's called, it's called G forces. Exactly. Like <laughs> I, I saw a lot of stuff <laughs> randomly. So if you would have asked me like, how was it up there? I'd be like, man, there's aliens everywhere. There's a, so. there's a, there was aliens in the jet. So, exactly. There's, there's no, I might be an alien. I've Who knows? never. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, it was a it was a very cool experience, but um, I can totally see how fighter pilots who are you know doing these you know seven plus G maneuvers, how they could see something in the air. Obviously, you know we have videographic yeah. evidence. There's like, well, the camera doesn't get G right. force, whatever. So I don't know. My brother watches the um, Ancient Aliens or whatever. Yeah, goes through like evidence that aliens have come to Earth and visited and set up stuff and talked to people and became gods. To, you know, almost like uh, what Indiana Jones Crystal Skull. 
Oh, great movie. That whole well, thing. Fantastic so, movie. Five so, stars. <laughs> so uh, that type of situation, he uh, he watches the Ancient Aliens like TV show on Discovery Channel or I, I don't know what it is, but History Channel probably. <laughs> maybe. So he, uh, he, he does watch those. Um, and I remember he was really into them a couple, you know, years back. So I don't know if he still is a believer. Probably. But uh, I mean, it's fine. We all need something to believe in, right? Yeah. It's, it's fine. So I I one or I for one believe that there's too many worlds out there for there not to have something. I don't and know. It'd be boring to think so, wouldn't it? It would. Just a bunch of desolate planets in the universe. Like, well, exactly. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure about like uh, Green Lantern type situation. Yeah, but sure. Well, let's go back to this five star movie. So, uh, <laughs> oh god. So actually, let's 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 go on to the movies though. What's a movie that you can watch over and over again and never get bored of it? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is Tommy Boy. Uh, that's a cherished movie with my family. So yeah. Tommy Boy is is definitely up there. I'm pretty sure Christmas Vacations become a you know routine holiday movie for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the Mel Brooks movies. So Young Frankenstein. Yeah. History of the World Part One mm-hmm. or Part Two, I can't remember. <laughs> part was, One. The joke was that they didn't make a Part Two. Right. <laughs> was uh, Young Einstein? Was that Mel young Brooks as well? Frankenstein. No, yeah, and but there's a Young Einstein is with, there? with uh, the Australian dude, uh, Reckless Kelly. You know, you might be teaching me something. I oh didn't my know gosh. there was. A young, I know there's a Young Frankenstein, and that's a, a cherished movie as well. Maybe maybe but, it's not called Young Einstein. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it real quick, but. Uh, Reckless Kelly uh, plays Einstein, and he goes off and he meets Marie Curie, um, which they were not they were not like romantic in real life, but in the movie they get romantic, so it's cool. And but I think the whole premise was to get bubbles in beer because they didn't. I guess all hmm. beer was was bubbleless. So, Interesting. Yeah, like they go and they make an atomic bomb and all this other <laughs> random stuff. That's awesome. But it's all just to get bubbles in beer. It's a worthy investment of of science, you know. You got to take some time to uh, to at least uh, attempt it, right? You know, except the atomic bomb on the uh, on the end was probably not the best call. Probably not the best call. It's fine. Yeah, it is Young Einstein, nineteen eighty eight. Oh, it's an Australian comedy, but it's not Mel Brooks. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not yeah, not Reckless Kelly. I don't know why I was calling him that. Uh, he, the same dude played Reckless Kelly in another movie. I think it was called Reckless Kelly. Hmm. But uh, that's, I guess, more of a historical fiction about a, an Australian a bandit, a bandito or something. Uh, huh. So kind of like... He's Ruffian? Like, <laughs> I was going to say like a Robin Hood. Oh, okay. So he's kind of like an Australian Robin Hood, hmm. uh, but I'm not sure if he steals from anyone. Um, but anyway, uh, the guy's name is Yahoo Sirius. That, that's That's a great name. Yeah, right? Uh, I'm jealous of that name. Right? So I don't... Oh, he actually directed it as well. Nice. Okay, and, and I'll add that to my it. books. I like those. I like old comedies. I mean, I think I just named yeah named a few. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to. I'll show you what it looks like uh, later. So yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question. What's the last thing you Googled? <sighs> um, probably translation for some kind of German sentence. Since I was writing a twenty-line pretend conversation of brothers at dinner. Um, so most likely that, yeah. Uh, but I could, I could check. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can we can find out what the last thing I Google. So was. we didn't talk about this uh, on uh, on record. So you are unmarried, no children. Yep. You have a a dog, Kita. Yep. So it's a German Shepherd. Yep. Um, she's a couple months old. It's from uh, oh, she's a puppy. You know, yeah. You know, so so Sergeant Drummond. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unique. Their uh, that was from their litter. Their dog. Their mama dog Nala, and then Lieutenant Norman's dog Floki, uh, is the father. So that litter is mostly on base. Uh, so you probably see a lot of German shepherds roaming around. All right. About uh, their birthday was August fourteenth, I believe. So they're a couple months old. All right. Is Kita a handful? Yeah, she's great. Uh, she's she, I don't know if mouth <laughs> reverse rolls. She's. You know, she's still in that biting phase. Yes. So, yeah, she she gets a handful in her mouth usually yeah. whenever she says hi. But, uh, no, she's great. Uh, take her to the beach all the time. And yeah. Everything, social media, if anyone, you know, even looks at that, you know, it's all my dog now. Yeah. So I don't exist anymore. My Facebook and Instagram are just pictures of my dog. She took over. Yeah. So Is that a bad thing? No, not at all. I have nothing against you. I think it's a great thing. But I think, yeah, I think that dog photos are ten times better than people. She's way more photogenic than me anyway. I mean, so that's, that's I think the same thing as my cat. So <laughs> It's my wife's cat, but I have to claim him too. So he's he's kind of cool. So This is kind of a, a deep question as well. You might not have an answer to right off the bat, so I'll give you okay. time if you need it. But what do you do to make the world a better place? Man, I thought that was going to be deeper than aliens and ghosts. Oh, we got other stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what do I do to make the world a better place? Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if I f- can affect the, it'd be cool to know that your effect at a small level mm-hmm. to that magnitude. Um, I will say, I guess tying a lot of it back to, to, um, it's kind of corny, but the mission, right? Mm-hmm. I think the, the times that I've actually had an influence and what you see on the news, and obviously can't go into detail on some of those things, has been what I've done during the mission. Um, so getting rid of people that are bad, mm-hmm. uh, making sure our you know, troops on the ground are safe, right. things like that, I definitely feel that more pers- on a personal level that I'm affecting something much greater than me when I, when I work mission. Yeah. Um, as far as just on a regular plain day, something a little more light and hearted, uh, I just... Try to make people smile and laugh, but this job has taken some of that, you yeah. know. Um, I actually was joking the other day, you know, when you're when you're USAP them and your tasker and your and your things that people go ah about. Um, it's harder to come into someone's office and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" They're like, "I'm working on it," and you're like, "Ah, oh, but okay, I'm sorry. I just want to say, how's your day?" You know. <laughs> but um, I'd say just that, just trying to bring a little bit of joy into you know my family and friends, and then. The mission, I think, is probably my biggest impact when it comes to a greater thing than me. Yeah. I do think that the more dog photos you put out there, the more <laughs> the better the wor- world's going to get. I'm not going to lie. True. Maybe I should do more uh, hashtags. Uh, there you go. So that people have more visibility. Exactly. Because she's a beautiful dog and everyone yep. should see her. More dogs in your life. M-D-I-Y-L. There you go. I can remember that. M-Dial. There we go. Got it. Okay, so what do you think? Which celebrity or or band 
do you think has the worst fan base? Yikes. Uh, celebrity or band? Yes. If you need me to cut anything out, just nah, let me nah, know. No, 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 it's okay. Uh, celebrity fan base. Okay, so I'm not a huge pop culture guy, so okay. this is t- more difficult for me, but... Is it a cop out to say Justin Bieber? I guess it is. I think he's changed. He's growing up. He's he doing is, he okay. Is, right? He's doing okay. I won't say that. Scratch I, that. I Cut that his, out of the record. <laughs> I think his. Uh, I think uh, one of the last songs or something like that that he's done. Like he talks about like how the world put all this pressure on him when he was just twelve years old. I mean, yeah, he's a kid. And you know, obviously, when I was. You do stuff to make yourself look cool, right? Right. I, <laughs> but it was just more visible. This is true. I was Thank doing God we weren't under cameras. I know. <laughs> I was doing horrible things at 12, so. Pretending to be a ghost uh, by Gettysburg <laughs> Battlefield. No, I mean. Rattling chains and stuff. That's probably bad. I, you know, I feel like it's a cop. My, I hate to say it, the first two that came to mind was him and then uh, Nickelback. But, you know, Nickelback also seems like a cop out. But. What does the fan base look like? Do you ever see someone rocking a Nickelback patch on their leather jacket? No, like, do you? I mean, what is that fan base anyway? I... So, what about? Let's see. Who would you imagine has the worst fan base? I don't know. I maybe maybe I should be more in tune with that, or maybe I don't know. I, I really, I, I feel like I wish I could ask like my youngest sister, you know, my younger sister. Mm-hmm. Because she she you know went to college and all that stuff uh, like who 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 is that you know now I'm a little older I don't really know what the bad fan base is right um, I might need to I might need to delete all of this right here actually just yeah take it all out you but probably should I was thinking um, for me I mean music I mean as also being a musician I, I love like just about anything yeah. I, my variety. I, I don't think people can just be a genre now. I, I feel mm. like there's so much out there that you can't be like, right. uh, uh, there are some people that I do know that are like, only country, put it on, that's it, that's all <laughs> I'll listen to. But I still think that they probably would be like, oh, this is kind of an interesting song, you know? Yeah. In uh, a couple of weeks, you're actually going to hear from one of our other airmen in the group who is uh, an artist, who's oh, a rapper. Really? A rapper. Yeah. Uh, let's go with musician, right? Because I don't, I don't want to paint him as just a rapper, right? Because I'm sure that, uh, I, and I've, I haven't listened to all of his content, um, but he's also, you know, an avid YouTuber and things like that. So let's go with he is an artist and he's a content creator, and you're gonna hear from him in a couple of weeks, actually, yeah. on the podcast. So I'd love to, uh, yeah, drop that SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, fi- I gotta figure out if I'm allowed to put his music on in the podcast, and not like. I don't know. Get legal. Maybe he can call me out, and I can and battle battle with him. You know. So do you freestyle back? Do you uh, feel yourself a rapper? <sighs> that a is the whitest way I think I've ever been asked. So I know. Do you right? well, fancy yourself a do rapper? You fancy yourself a rapper? <laughs> <laughs> can um, you lay it down the beat? Ah uh, yes. So I I try. Okay, uh, I'll be honest. Actually, yeah. um, I really do. Uh, when I. I'd say that there is inspirational juice that I like to drink uh, to help me uh, with my creativity. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, most of my friends that have known me for a while uh, know that I do like to just try and, and riff every now and then. Um, and you're stuff. a drummer, so you I make your drummer. own beats. Right. Well, or you just, you know, Spotify has drum beats, street beats to rap to, I'm right. sure. Um, whoever this is, maybe I know them. Uh 
probably does the same. Mm-hmm. Just make stuff up. I don't have a beatboxing friend, unfortunately. Okay. If I did, I'd use them. So I've got an app on my phone. Oh, and we're not uh, doing this now. No, we don't, we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would like to set up, how are you at Vanilla Ice? At Ice Ice Baby? I've could never, you, never attempted you, it, but I will say, could you get good at judging it? Judging by how Step Brothers went, yeah. I mean, I really feel like I should buy a jumpsuit and give this a run. So we have an airman in the three ninety second who has challenged the entire group to a rap battle of Ice Ice Baby. Really? Yes. Okay. So I will. Set can up. I know who the person is before I accept? <laughs> you can. You can. Uh, it is Airman Tromlitz. She is in the three nine second. All right, and she was on the podcast earlier, the uh, hawk, the ad hoc. So it's like two point five uh, every two weeks. Obviously, a podcast episode comes out, but three nine second commander uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stephanie Murphy wanted to do just a random like, hey, sit down, let's talk about Thanksgiving and things like that. So, and she was in that yeah. conversation. You're gonna have to update whatever your podcast header says and just slash rap battle slash I mean it's in the show notes but it's cool <laughs> slash karaoke that's cool I, I don't know I don't know how long the the title can be but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll see how long like how far I can stretch that oh, so. we might have to get the band back together some folks might remember Kevin and the Krakens uh, we played for the uh, annual awards you did year. you also uh, I'm not sure if Kevin and the Krakens did it but I do remember at my promotion ceremony that I did with the eighth uh, and Mass Arm Brown, Jennifer Brown, uh, I, I think Micah Johns was one of them. Yep. But also someone else was pay- playing the national anthem on the electric guitar. The Cade Porch. And it sounded awesome. Yeah. So, yep, all right. Yep. We'll, so we'll we'll look into a rap battle. So uh, <laughs> we'll. Uh, we'll <laughs> what did that, I just? We'll keep that open for, for? for the future. Uh, and if you want to practice uh, Vanilla Ice or Ice Ice Baby on the drum set as well at home, because I, I know that. you're a drummer. Absolutely. So you can practice that and you lay down uh, just the beat or, you know, like the, <laughs> yes. the thing. And then we'll, no audio needed. It's just you versus Airman Tromlitz. Gotcha. So, and we can do a, a side by side. Uh, TikTok or something. I don't know. All right. Whatever well, the kids are doing nowadays. Man, wow. And we'll, okay. We'll we'll set it up. Yeah. Let me let me jot this down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. It's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, I'll just put it. I'll send it to your email. I'll put it as a tasker. So you don't have to, oh, don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You're sure to work it then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, also, let's see. There is a guy on TikTok. I'm sure he's on YouTube as well. Uh, but his whole like genre uh, that he that he likes to play with is adding drums to songs that don't need drums. He really? did he did like he added drums to like Hey There Delilah and a whole bunch of random songs, and a lot of them sound a lot better. I could say so. I mean, I've like Travis for Parker me. I gotta play too. when you said Hey There Delilah. I would think that that's that's using like brushes. That's very it's a slow song. It is. Maybe if there was like a punk rock version, I would I'd mm. be down. Which I'm pretty sure there's got to be a Hey There Delilah oh, punk yeah. rock or or you know sped up version. That'd be more my lane to add drums to that. Yeah. Maybe it's not Here Here They Are Delilah. I can't even speak. Now. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I can hit some wind chimes and stuff. If uh, <laughs> I'd like to hear it, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Maybe if it's may- not Hey There Delilah. I'll I'll look for it and I'll send you. Uh, 
I'll send you a message or something through Mattermost. That works. Uh, and, and show you where it's at. I will say these sessions of bragging on my airmen, right? They are given out to people who we think, as you know, in the group, uh, of people who are deserving of being recognized, who probably more than likely don't get enough recognition in their day to day jobs. Uh, regardless of who you work for, I know that there are certain NCOs, senior NCOs, officers, uh, commanders, shirts, chiefs, who always make it a point to go around and talk to people and make sure they know that all of the airmen, you know, with whatever job they're doing, are recognized and are appreciated. But this is just another step for us to sit down and actually talk to talk to you and talk to other airmen um, to get more on a personal level of who you are, right? Uh, so I'm not sure who you, who's your actual supervisor. So that'd be Senior Master Sergeant Roman. Okay, so S- Senior Master Sergeant Roman, he, does he know that you have a new, new puppy? Yep. Okay. Does he know that you go drumming? I think he knows I'm a drummer. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff, but yeah. um, I don't know about that one. Where did the rumpster come from? Hmm. Okay. Do I want to know? Oh no! It's, I, can, <laughs> I can make it short. So, uh, security investigation prior prior to the one I did right now. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine said I had an alias, uh, which I didn't. <laughs> he said, "Yeah." He goes by Randy the Rumpster, and they were like, "Got it. Put it down." They called me and they said, "Hey, we're just doing a review. Wanted to see you didn't have this alias listed, so we wanted to verify that you also go by Randy the Rumpster." And I just started laughing because I did not know if it was a joke, if it was real. They're like, and they didn't laugh on no, their side. Yeah. So I was like, "What's going on here?" So I was like, "I was like, no, absolutely not." I was like, "I don't think anyone's ever called me that." And they're like, "So you deny this?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> But uh, that friend still calls me uh, Randy the Rumpster um, now through uh, messages. And I think now that I told other people <laughs> this story, we just had the bridge chat that's about humor. Right. Senior Roman told me to tell the story, so I did. And so we all had a good laugh at me going through security investigation, being asked if I was called Randy the Rumpster. <laughs> so I specifically did not put anyone on there that I knew was going to do some some crazy crap like that for my investigation. See, this, this isn't one of those friends you'd, I expected from either. It's always the quiet one. But yeah, he's a very <laughs> quiet guy. Yeah. So he just decided, you know what? Randy the Rumpster. Yeah, I call him Randy. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what he did. Has he ever called so. you that before? Uh, I don't think. Okay, maybe in a message. First, face to face, no. Yeah. After that security investigation, every time. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a jerk move. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but it makes it's, it makes me want to do it. It's it's hilarious <laughs> now that you have a clearance and, it, and it's good and everything like <laughs> yeah. that. But initially, I'm sure you were just like, "Don't do that." Yeah, no. I mean, whoever's going to put me on their list, you know, I gotta think of something cr- right, fun and creative to have them have a story. Okay, never mark. Don't Sergeant put me Peso down because <laughs> as a security reference. Good to know. Good to know. Well. I want to thank you for coming over here today. Uh, you did not know this was happening. I had no clue. You had no idea that you were going to be on a podcast, nope. um, and that's fine. So uh, these are 
new digs and everything, so no one even knows what's over here yet, so outside of a few people. Um, and this is going to be a vibrant spot whenever the renovation kicks off, so that you're that you are a part of. So whether you like it or not, yeah. So. Hey, but uh, here for the party. Yeah. So I, I want to thank you for not just being here today, but also everything you do for the group. Taking on the role of USAPM is not an easy chore. Being a former USAPM myself, I understand. Um, but also being in a role where your kind of your job and your roles and responsibilities are not probably well defined because a CAG, the Commander's Action Group, is usually for a one star or above. The one star is usually the lowest level that has a Commander's Action Group, which is kind of like the role you're playing. Right. So outside of what the one star general would want, you know, and you working for a lieutenant colonel, uh, it's probably a little odd in some aspects, but I also understand the amount of change and amount of things that go on in the 8th IS um, and a majority of our squadrons, actually. But there's always a whole kind of line or, you know, action item list that, that people are doing that's not part of their job. And uh, you taking on that role and kind of fulfilling that, you know, the, the keeper of that list is is probably not a easy role, but... It's like jumping on a treadmill at high speed. Yeah, just see see how far you can run Yeah, until you trip up and fly off. Yeah, and then ha- hopefully someone helps you back onto it. And you're like, I don't want to get back on that <laughs> thing, but they're like, you got to run. Yeah, <laughs> fast. Yeah. So... All right. Do you have anything that you want to tell the group, the airmen in the group, the leadership in the group, anything like that? Kind of a parting message. Obviously, you're not leaving anytime soon, so you yep. better not be. We have an inspection coming up on February 16th. So. Yep. No, I just want to let you guys know I'm PCSing next month. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'd say um, even if you don't see it, and honestly, you know, sometimes – being stuck in that day-to-day, you know, AET or telework or whatever you guys got going on. People are working hard uh, behind the scenes. Um, I'm seeing that now, and hopefully there's a better way we can kind of showcase that for you guys so that you can uh, understand that we do we do put in a lot of work for everyone. Um, and keep, keep trying, keep going, whatever you got going on with your life, keep putting in that extra hard work. And, hey, this is uh, – I'm surprised by this, but I'm thankful – uh, that my leadership has has given me an opportunity to be recognized, and hopefully supervisors also do the same for their airmen. And I would like for both you know you and I to see a lot more people signed up for this, so that you have to actually pick and choose, maybe rack and stack bragging for your airmen. It might be a different process. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you have any ideas, recommendations for future podcast shows or guests that you'd like to hear from. Let us know by going to any of the socially acceptable means of communication. Leave us a comment. Facebook URL is facebook.com forward slash group forward slash 692D podcast. The email is simply 692D podcast at gmail.com. And you can always leave us a message on the Mattermost channel. If you can't get to any of those, send me an email at derek.addison at us.af.mil and I'll respond as soon as possible. That's the show for today. So for now, aloha. Take care of yourself. And if you can, Take care of someone else, too.